if something's not driving me from the inside, I'm not fucking doing it. Dr. Danielle Cornelius. <laughs> oh, welcome to another episode of Soul Coffee, y'all. Ooh, I'm excited. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening for all who are tuning in. I'm super excited for y'all. This last episode was super potent as I think Dr. Danielle really dropped some keys and nuggets in how masculine energy and feminine feminine energy work together, how we see leadership in nature as it's not hierarchical, why you should take the word lazy out of your vocabulary, the importance of understanding how trapped energy in the body can manifest and how you can move it, and the importance of honoring recuperation and creating a sustainable energy flow. She really dives into the energetics of how the feminine is the medicine at this time right now and why it's so important to be able to reconstruct how are you moving, why are you moving out of principles and sustainability. Feel free to at myself or Dr. Danielle at Vital Vagina or myself at Dr. Jamal Fuster on Instagram. Screenshot this episode, y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm super excited to dive in with y'all and make sure you tune in, share this with a friend and or listen to episode 25 with Dr. Danielle, The Importance of Navigating Paradox. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Soul Coffee. And boy, oh boy, am I excited for this brew. I'm going to dive in. This is Dr. Danielle Cornelius, y'all. She tuned in, I believe it was episode 25, and we dove into the paradox or the ability to hold paradox and why that is so important and crucial. This episode today, I'm excited for her to share more of the essence of her, her mentor, and how the feminine is the necessary medicine for this time in life. And I think the perfect question to start with, as we were already laughing about in the pre-chat, was why don't you set any more goals nowadays, Danielle? <laughs> Part of the reason that I ended up even coming to all this feminine work was because I had like burnt myself out. Because mm. um, so being a chiropractor is my second career. I actually went straight into work after high school um, and then did all my college work while I was working in the corporate world. So I worked for a big giant energy company for 10 years before I decided to leave that to go to chiropractic school. And so working during my twenties, I worked full time in like a pretty intense job and I went to school full time. Mm. So like a hundred percent of my time was filled with what other people wanted me to do, setting goals like for work, because I had to set, you know, you set certain goals all the time at work. And then like, if you meet all your goals and you get your raises, um, school, as you know, like makes you, it's just all these goals from the outside. And then by the time I finished chiropractic school, I was just like fully and utterly burned out, like as, as bad as it can get. Um, and so after that I had to start a practice by myself and it was just really challenging for a lot of different reasons, which we, we, we can make a whole entire episode out of that, I'm sure, (laughs) but we won't go there this time. Um, so I just got to this point once I met Tammy Kent, who has been my biggest mentor. Um, I really, got to this point where I was like, if something's not driving me from the inside, like lighting my fire, I'm not fucking doing it. Mm. Uh, Cause I don't want to be here anymore. If I'm just constantly driven by out the outside of myself. (laughs) And how much of our society is driven by this masculine or what I learned into diving into the wild creative y'all. I couldn't get through 
one page <laughs> without needing to take a pause and just reevaluate my life because I'm coming from a very masculine way of being. And when we say masculine, at least in this episode, Wild Creative defines it as moving in a very, very linear way. Yeah. And like Danielle's already hitting on, it's it's an outside in. And that's incongruent even in our philosophy, ironically, of above, down, inside out as chiropractors. Yet I would think one of my favorite quotes from The Wild Creative was, um, one was, growth for the sake of growth is cancer. Mm-hmm. And one of my, this just slapped me. Like I had to put the book down and just evaluate my life because one of my values in chiropractic school, I remember, was exponential growth. Mm-hmm. But why? Yeah. And that outside in, being able to appreciate, and re- I appreciate that perspective because Dr. Danielle has been such a mentor for me in slowing down, reevaluating things, and she embodies feminine values that Tammy Lynn Kent talks about so well because from the feminine values comes then the sustainable masculine constructs, which are necessary, but they're way more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like well, one of the biggest things I learned from fam- from Tammy and some other teachers in this realm was like, we have a lot of things backwards in our culture and you, like a lot of people get triggered by even saying masculine and feminine because they've like, which makes sense, like really put masculine on males and feminine on females. But the truth is it's a creative energy, which is what this book wild creative is about. Nice. We both, we, everyone, everything in nature and this duality that we live in is like fed by this masculine and feminine energy together. You can also just let go of those words and call it doing versus being state. <laughs> go on. Why is that important? Um, and our culture, which is patriarchal, which means like we've put the male on top, white male for the most part on top, and then everyone's underneath. But that's the fact that it's, there's like not actually nature hierarchy in nature. Mm. We've kind of put some hierarchy onto nature from our constructs and our minds. Um, but hierarchy is a way to control and nature's a lot more diverse and just kind of all over the place. Like you can find examples of anything you want to like kind of show in nature. This is, this is really good. I forget what the, the documentary is. I think it was called, no, it wasn't heal. Maybe it was called life. But it was talking about elks and there, yes, there are alpha uh, elks, but those aren't the driving force of the herd right. or their species because it's whoever can like identify the water source or food source. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that lead. And so it's like leadership is uh, is a dynamic and yeah. passing the baton kind of realm versus like it's just this linear focused one way kind of deal. Right. Um even like the the person who even came up with the idea of alpha for wolves even like backtracked and did like debunked his own work and then came back later and said, actually I was wrong. It's like a way too simplistic way of looking at things. So even the concept mm. of alpha isn't even really real. Mm. Um, mm. I'd say it's not a, it's not accurate. Yeah. It's not accurate because I've seen a photo of, two photos with wolves, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like one, it was like one quote, like sometimes the, those following will never appreciate the uh, work the leader has to do. And it's like a wolf, like jumping up in and out of the snow, creating a path for all those to mm-hmm. follow. And I was like, that's, it's like, that's the leader, the one in front, the one doing. Yeah. But actually I saw another photo and the leader was actually the one in the, the back, back mm-hmm. making sure everyone was Same. good. Yeah. And Oh my God, that blew my mind because 
God damn it, we can go <laughs> chiropractic, we can talk healthcare, we can talk species. Mm-hmm. That's a good actually. I like that. I actually like those three three ideas. But um to be able to create an environment, we'll talk talk species, an environment that's safe for everyone to thrive, for everyone to contribute, for everyone to feel seen, feel acknowledged, feel heard. I think that's what is at the essence of a true leader and is most sustainable and inspiring for the, I'll say the group of yeah. wherever that is. And like different people can step into leadership in different ways at different times. Nice. But leadership shouldn't be about controlling, which is I think where we've in, in the last like couple thousand years of patriarchy, it's been about control um, and less about what we're supposed to do as nature. So we have things, a lot of things really backwards. And what I learned from Tammy and some other women um, it's, and people actually, not just women um, the feminine is actually supposed to be what leads us mm. because the feminine is what has access to information. Mm. When you're in a being state, that's when the, like the downloads come and that's when the information from spirit comes. And then you use your masculine energy to do something with that. So the feminine, <laughs> I always love your reactions. <laughs> it's spicy. <laughs> Uh, the feminine, like, so we're supposed to take information into our f- like feminine field, which is receptive. And then we do something with that. So the feminine is what tells us what to do. Otherwise we'll just do and do and do and do and do to no end. And that's cancer. And so what I learned from constantly like getting goals and stuff put on me from the outside, I just, my energy just depleted. And then Ooh. I learned from Tammy how to like follow my inner fire. So when something naturally pulls me, from an inspiration, mm-hmm. I can, I can get a lot accomplished still more than a lot of people, mm-hmm. even people who are in a full masculine field. Cause that will just take you to burnout. And you talk about burnout all the time. Mm-hmm. Which is not why I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. As, God, so good. I love, I'm still stuck on feminine is an asp and creates access to information. And just finished literally a podcast with Alex Liu and we're talking about the ability to like clear one's windshield. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why it's important to rest and recuperate. And I love Wild Creative because it talks about creating spaces and identifying where do you get nourished to your creative well. For me, this is literally how I get nourished um, is having potent conversations that are aligned, that are charging, that are I'm extroverted in nature. So I get charged being around people. It helps me process things and work through things. That's why, you know, me and Lou work well as roomies because we're, we create space to reflect and reorganize. That's why me and you work well together and getting the source Tucson off the ground because, um, you know, that's, it was always just really charging for me. And now in reflection where I feel like I'm moving into like, no, I am because chiropractic school, medical school, medical system, it's a very masculine run paradigm and way of being. And that's why there's so many burnt out physicians. That's why there's so many burnt out nurses, PAs, chiropractors too. And one of the other quotes that I lost earlier, but it's coming back. It's like, um, when you operate out of doing so much and you're not creating space for being it, it can, it, it just leads, it can lead to burnout, but it doesn't allow for like reorganization and it doesn't allow for uh, a redefinition of what's most important. Yeah. Especially if you think about it with all the things that we have at stake in our world right now, I think it's important to, to come back to your center. Cause if you're just doing like chiropractic school gave no space to integrate anything, no space to like consider like, is, is this an alignment? So 
It's, you know, we had a meeting at the source the other day and Dr. Brett said, how can we make recuperation sexy? And I was like, how is it not sexy? <laughs> um, and it's true. And like, he made a good point. Like I'm like, I've been in this other world for so long to me. It's like, how can it not be? Because that's, mm. that's when you get all the juicy stuff. Mm. That's what helps you like, make sure you're in alignment. Um, there's this, uh, meme that I see going around every once in a while and it's like a little cartoon and I, and it's based on some artists, like, I don't know, Picasso or Monet or somebody like that. And then the first frame, he's like sitting and resting like on a couch and somebody walks by and they're like, how, why are you being so lazy? Why are you just sitting there? Mm. (laughs) And then in the second, and he's like, I'm not resting. I'm actually working. And then in the next frame, he's like painting and they're like, oh, good to see you, like getting more work done. He's like, I'm not working. I'm resting. Ooh, (laughs) that's good. You just revealed, I think in the first chapter, it talks about shame, shame from being lazy or shame from recuperating, shame from rest. Oh, my goodness. I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were talking about, oh, in Latino culture and Hispanic culture. There can be shame or guilt internally because shame is only a force that can penetrate and infect someone's mind and keep replaying itself. But in from that perspective, if we're not doing anything, well, then we're guilty because we feel like we need to be doing something because otherwise we're just wasting time or we're not doing anything. But that's also part of the reason I think why people develop that Dorger's hump Mm -hmm. that a lot of women do or a lot of Latina women do, like my nene, my mom. It's not just genetic, it's energetic because yeah. they're literally putting the weight of the world and their families on their shoulders and it's distorting their, their postural frame. And it comes from a societal construct from laziness from not doing. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking right, it's not doing, it's being, which yeah. is so important. And here's the quote, it's like doing from a space of doing because people are traumatized Yeah. ultimately. Like chiropractors, we have this, uh, this kind of like shame construct or... Uh, we're less than we have like little brother syndrome to medical doctors. And that's only- like, imp- like a inferiority complex. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's like, baby, if you actually review and you take a glance at, look at how we are supposed to be actually in alignment with the laws of nature, we're the exact medicine that's needed right now in this time to help people shift their lifestyle and why you're so important, why the the feminine rediscovery of energy is so important right now is because I think it's going to bring a a, a balance or Mm -hmm. to, or a harmony, excuse me, a harmony to this very exhausted, tired society. Yeah. And I I, I tried to deliberately take the word lazy out of my vocabulary quite a long time ago. I have a friend, her name's Javi Brooks. She has a blog called The Fluent Self. And she used to say, um, the word lazy is just a judgment on a state of not doing. Mm. Which is true. And I used to judge people too for being quote unquote lazy because I was burning myself out. And that was a way to kind of like feel maybe, I don't know, maybe superior mm-hmm. or justify like how hard I was working, but I should, I should have actually created a lot more balance for myself. Mm. Um, but you, nobody teaches you that. Why? Uh, well, because the, the the easiest way to get a bunch of automatons to turn themselves into machines so that you can make a bunch of money is to keep them away from their feminine. So that way the machine that's been set up can keep 
functioning, which is actually, it's dysfunctioning. Yeah. Or keep, it's functioning keep for some people. Nice. But not for nice. like individual humans, but nice. for like the people at the 1%, it's functioning really well. It's working amazingly for yeah. them. It, everything's going according to plan. Yeah. And they made more money than ever in the last few years. Stupid amount of money. Yeah. But the cool thing is because we're not just parts to a machine, but we are actually conscious, divine, observant, powerful human beings. People are waking up to the fact that how they've played a certain role in society and it's not honoring their system and it is leading to chronic disease which is due to lifestyle mismanagement Mm -hmm. and it's because they're operating with we started to talk about this analogy operating like the say human beings like a society it's like a bird we've been operating with this one wing that's just been masculine we've been flying in like a fucking (laughs) circle i know people always say like people who don't want to get into politics will always say like oh they're just two wings of one bird like the right and the left wing and i'm like well actually most of our corporate overlords and government overlords are all on one wing it's all they're saying they're not um so this poor bird's only flying with one wing (laughs) (laughs) it's the same with the masculine and feminine yeah and the feminine is the medicine or you could say being, if being. like to even take any like gender yeah. charge out of okay, it. Okay, this is good. The being state is the medicine. Um, but I do like to use feminine, masculine still, and I kind of interchange my language a lot to be honoring to people who don't identify with certain genders. But when when I'm talking about masculine, feminine, I'm talking about energy and not strictly, gender. It's strictly energy. Yeah, and it's like it's in kind of everything, um, but they go together. So you can't really like one without the other is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about like toxic masculinity, which is very charging to a lot of males, um, I like to remind people that like, it's okay to like name something for what it is. And when, like, if you think about even as a doctor, like we learned about like hyperthyroid or hypothyroid disease, hyper is too much of that substance. Hypo is too little. And then when it becomes like so much that it really messes up the system, it becomes toxic. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at. We like, push the feminine out. And I don't think that's how it's always been. I think that came along with like religion. And when we started creating, like there's a really good book called the alphabet versus the goddess. And it talks about how, when we started creating the alphabet and the written word, we started moving over into our left brain more and more and more and becoming more and more logical. So this kind of just happened over time. And I think probably I have a feeling we went a little bit too far in the feminine in some points of time. And it was probably a way to try to balance, but now we need harmony. Mm. Um, so by denigrating the feminine and religion, everything that's dark or, or women like Eve is evil. Like, you know, like if you really start to study religion, it's denigrating to the feminine and it puts the masculine or the male as a hierarchy above the female when actually we're supposed to be together. Ooh, I like how you'd even say equal. You said together together. Cause it's not like I'm the same as you. We're totally different. Yeah. Um, but we actually need both together but it's the feminine that's supposed to lead because the feminine gets those, those deep intuitive hits that just come from like a, a deeper place. And then the masculine has more testosterone or the male has more testosterone to get things done. Yeah. But it should be informed by Inform, informed, information informed doing Ooh. instead of just doing, doing, doing. Um, and so when the feminine's not present and a lot of us don't even know what it is cause the feminine's not like high heels and lipstick. I mean, that's like part of the playfulness of the feminine, but it's not like the whole thing. And that's just like probably the most superficial part of it. And that's all we really see in our culture. So there's just so much more depth to it. And when it hasn't been able to be seen or be part of the equation, the masculinity becomes hypermasculine and becomes toxic. For a reason. And so it's not, it's not when people say that phrase, they're not saying masculinity is toxic. 
They're saying there's a type of masculinity that's become toxic, but it's not natural. Ooh. And it's simply, it's simply the, the way we've operated mm-hmm. because there's just so many men that have been traumatized as boys have the, have had their hearts broken. I'll just, that's, that's where I come from. Like having well, my we heart tell broken. little boys really young, don't cry. And then we tell like, them don't cry. Up. So then we suppress. Mm-hmm. So we not only, we're not able to honor what's inside of us, but we suppress it. And then that leads to an expression that's unsustainable. Like whenever I hear toxic, I hear unsustainable or dysfunctional Mm -hmm. and it's dysfunctional for a reason. Even in being dysfunctional, it's still functioning exactly as it needs to, because it's like the body's trust to recognize that it's dysfunctional and be able to correct it. Because even though something's dysfunctional for the moment, it can still be restored to function. I mean, that's why we even have an occupation. That's why we even have a profession to restore function and help the body restore itself when it comes to rejuvenating its its health, its life force, its perspective, its awareness, and all different things. We're just applying these chiropractic principles and uh, this lens to examining society as a whole and energetically how we haven't been moving in a sustainable and efficient way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think males are going through a lot right now and, and it's, I think it's ultimately a really beautiful thing Mm. and it's been so necessary Um, because the answer for males is also finding their own feminine or their Mm. own sense of being learning how to come back to your center and value yourself for who you are, not for what you're doing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, and this book, wild creative written by Tammy Kent is, is a really good resource. I think for males who are interested in this at all. Um, cause she has a lot of stories about in this book that kind of show, what that even looks like. Cause it can be like a really foreign concept, I think to a lot of people, especially males. It feels like a very masculine construct to like need to see an image too. Oh, that's why they need to, we need to see an image or masculine force needs to see an image. So that way we can replicate or we can do from versus the feminine, which can be birthed in the darkness, yeah. which gets the intuitive hits, which is chaos in motion quite necessarily. Mm-hmm. Cause I think people hear chaos and that's like, Oh, it's a bad thing or emotions or oh, women are so emotional. That's actually a really good thing. Because there's so much wisdom to be extracted from those emotions, which come from unmet needs or Mm -hmm. I'll just just focus there unmet needs, which then we could then help provide a space for for more women to feel safe Mm -hmm. in general. And as there's more women who feel safe in society, in their jobs and whatever, well, then it opens up new expression for us to be guided in a more sustainable way. One other thing that you said that I think is important. Um, you hit on a reason for like the masks, like the masks, why men, you know, put on something, the sexual mask, the Joker mask, the funny mask, the stoic mask, mm-hmm. the provider mask, like all these different masks are different. They're highlighting different expressions of how men can default to, or only know how to effort out of, or, or I, I don't even want to say be out of, but they're just doing out of, because if they're able to sit with themselves and know that they're enough and recognize their wholeness, like we, Lou and I just talked about this, like what is healing? Brett talks about this. It's the recognition that you're already whole. Yeah. You're already beautiful. You're yeah. already functioning and doing exactly what you need to. Now, how can you pay attention to the signs and symptoms of your energy, then your body, and how you need to reorganize your expression to then be in a more alignment with who you actually are? Yeah. Yeah. And the patriarchal system, in a lot of ways, it does even more damage to men because it creates this like little box that it's like, this is what it means to be man. Mm. And if you fall outside of this, like I see it with men all the time, you make fun of each other, <laughs> like you all kind of, not all of you, but no. a, as a whole, just kind of do a good job yeah. of keeping each other like in this little box. Don't be and a bitch. Don't most, be a, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Don't cry. 
Uh, that's why I'm so attracted to the Kairos group and chiropractic because Brett's created a really nice open space for males and females and everyone to like emote and to just be. And that's really, 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 really important for moving. If we're like going to survive as a species, that's what we need. That's like the key. Oh, it's a space to be human. Yeah. Cause we all need to be a permission. Cause like humanity is so diverse. Yes. Like there's some females that are very masculine and they, they, they're really good at the doing and the protecting. And there's a lot of males that like really show a lot of feminine energy. And I think it's all beautiful. Like it's cause it's cause feminine and masculine energy is also just expression. It's just expression. It's just, just energy. expression. Yeah. It's not, it's not even necessarily, I don't think like who you are. It's just how you're wanting to express in this moment. Yeah. Like what combination of these two energies like feels the best for you. Mm. And then you kind of attract partnerships that help balance mm. that out. And that's why community is also so important. Ooh, you attract balance, you attract compliments or I hear you attract balance. You attract, uh, you attract complementary forces because mm-hmm. energy or emotion, it's a force mm-hmm. in the chiropractic textbook. They talk about this. Uh, they say life, the triune of life is a triune of intelligence, matter and force. Mm-hmm. Force is just an older way of saying energy. Yeah. The energy is what links the intelligence to the matter to help reorganize it into a new expression. However, it needs to be energy yeah. is energy in motion or emotion. Right. And your expression or what the matter is expressing is simply true and authentic to whether, you know, if it's a little bit more masculine or if it's a little bit more feminine, both are necessary and both exist, coexist at the same time in every single human. And I think, I don't like to, and I don't think I ever have ever traversed and wandered into waters of talking about sexual orientation on my podcast. I'm just saying this as I think due to people's lack of knowledge and awareness and understanding of energy, they can get confused or lost in the matter and you know how they want to move that energy, what that can mean to them. And as they're just trying to find themselves and what's true to them in their expression. Our culture kind of concretizes everything. So turns like energy into concrete. So like, I think we're evolving past that in this moment. Cause if you go back 30 years or 40 years, like things were way more concrete. That's why it's like all women need to be stay at home housewives Mm. and all men need to be providers and gay people shouldn't even exist at all. But the truth is like humans and in nature, you find all sorts of sexual orientation, (laughs) like so much in nature. It's very diverse too. So I think we're learning too that, the, the nature isn't concrete. Like we've created concrete. Ooh. So it's diverse. It changes. It can move around from day to day. And it's energy is a flow. Ooh, nature and energy is a flow. It is. I mean, that's why there's seasons. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I'm from Connecticut. You're from Oregon. Mm-hmm. There only seems to be, uh, it's like. It's hot summer and less <laughs> hot summer here in Arizona. <laughs> That's what it is. It was like summer, fall, winter, spring, summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even think there was a winter. No, there's no. no winter. There's no winter. I didn't see no snow. No. It didn't even drop past like 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it does get chilly in the mornings, but that's because the desert is just so bare. Yeah. Uh, but um, but seasons and being, seasons, I mean, yeah. that's why I love that you do your workshop on cycles of wisdom and you have your own book with that as that was such an informative workshop that you facilitated that Olivia supported you with and mm-hmm. you know just teaching women and how to be more in alignment with all that they be and even I recognized this past week it was a new moon and my energy's been 
fucking low, like so low. And obviously Olivia's got us on a got a got us on a cleanse. All of us, yeah. All of us on a cleanse. So our our but our my body has been called to rest more, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Because I'm taking supplements that are killing off parasites in my yeah. in my bowel, um, <laughs> quite necessarily. And it was also new moon, and I was like, and I remember your teachings, it was like in the new moon, like, or as you're going to the new moon, that's mm-hmm. essentially like a fall or like a winter. And there's a lot of death. There's a lot of shedding. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, it's Winding a time down. to slow down. Yep. So it's like, oh, oh, I need to get still. Well, well, then why would I get up at 5 a.m. to why, just to push? Mm-hmm. That's an ego. Or that's coming from this identity preservation of an identity of self which honestly it can come from facilitating from ktc because i facilitated for three and a half years at life U, and i would have to get up at 4 30 or 4 45 and i loved it don't get me wrong yeah um but if i didn't get up or if i wanted to just rest and recuperate you know but communicate to my other facilitators there would be this guilt and rest like and i wouldn't even feel like i would, wouldn't even be able to sleep and i'm like all right i'm gonna sleep in today sleep which is like seven o'clock in grad school yeah but I would be wide awake, like, and then feeling I need bad. to be there. Yeah. And, you know, there's a time and a place for initiations mm. when you have to push yourself. But mm. I think to live in that constantly to is not sustainable. It. Oh, to live in it. And then, like, when you give yourself shame or guilt around a state of not doing, you're, you're still in a state of doing. Oof. Because you're, you're actually then putting yourself, like you said, when you give yourself shame or guilt. Because, I mean... It's a, it, it can be a gift if you view it like that, like where, cause once more you can reflect, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And then, but when you put yourself in that state, then it's almost like you put yourself in a survival state and like, how can I then effort through this? Cause then you got to automatically do, because then you don't want to be there, but at the same time you put yourself there. Yeah. And then there's a lot of external pressure because our whole entire system, like we only get gold stars in our culture for doing. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to be like, you did such a great job resting. You're amazing. <sighs> You'll never get that. If anything, you'll get judgment. Yes. Um, for lots of different reasons. But that's one of the big things I teach women because women will carry that sense of shame for not doing enough, like deep inside their body, which creates a lot of like phys- physiological like issues. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest things I teach them is you need to learn how to value yourself for who you are, not for mm-hmm. what you're doing. And then most of the time there will just be tears. Oh, because I imagine you hold a potent container of stillness. Yes. Which is super fucking important because in the stillness, you might just ask a question or you might say something and then you stop talking. Mm-hmm. And then in the silence, there's more expression. There's space for the tears to come, the shame to be shed, the anger to come out, the yeah. deep depression, the sadness, the anxiety to be released, whatever it may be in the stillness because you grant women a space to feel and to heal and to acknowledge and to give themselves that container of stillness that they didn't give or know how to give themselves. No, yeah, the vast majority of people who come for this kind of work are like, just had no concept for it before, but it's always like so deeply healing. And males and females both need this because we get socialized into males are only, only males experience masculine energy and only females experience what the masculine has called feminine <laughs> under a patriarchal system. Yes. Um, and so, like you said, ma- males are socialized to not feel anything besides anger. So it's like, okay for you to feel anger, but don't cry. Yeah. And women are socialized. It's okay to be weak and cry weak. I think crying takes a lot of courage, um, but that's in our culture. It's like weakness or like yeah. uh, you're so emotional. And it's like, well, males are emotional too. You see how mad they get like so easily. That's, yes. that's not an emotion. Right. Um, but women are socialized to never feel anger. 
Because when we feel like we get shut down when we feel anger, we get called crazy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we're allowed to cry and and be like the weaker emotions and males are like allowed to feel anger. So our brains start to get wired. Like if a male feels sad, a lot of times he'll go to anger. And when a woman feels angry, a lot of times she'll go to tears. Like most women I know, when we cry, we're usually pissed. <laughs> like pissed. Yeah. When we let it out finally. And it comes out in tears because we're socialized that way. And so the healing for both is to like find harmony in the other. Let it be okay for women to actually f experience anger. Because in that anger, it's usually something righteous because Females have more estrogen, which means we naturally are thinking of the whole community, like not just ourselves. And then males have more testosterone, which makes you focus and like, yeah, need to like, done. when you go back to like hunter gatherer, like the way we live for, for the vast majority of our evolution, um, there's just certain things that make us a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, but the key is like allowing us to have our full humanity. Oof. But a lot of times women are expressing like what the whole tribe needs, which is another reason why the feminine is the natural leader, because we're a lot more. I mean, everyone comes through our bodies. Yes. Like we didn't come from your rib. No offense. You came out of our womb. <laughs> we actually care about you in ways that you don't even understand. You held us for nine months. Yeah. Even if like we didn't have children ourselves, like we feel that way. That's why women can put up with a lot of shit from men because we we. We just like, and we're, we have a more, a little bit more natural empathy. So we will feel you. And so we can feel like the humanity underneath all this mm. craziness. And you might, mm. um, there's a lot of like more hardcore feminists that are still in the anger. And that's like a, an important place to be able to be and to be in a safety place where it's just like, I just can't deal with any men at all. And it's, that's usually like a phase we go through, which is important, I think, because we need safety. <laughs> Fuck. But, um, but that's not also our nature, but women have a lot of rage right under the surface and grief that we haven't been able to really express until now. I think it's so important that you just said, you know, a lot of feminists can embody, uh, you know, anger and they just say, yeah, I'm fucking tired of men. I don't want to be around them because there is a need for safety because they've probably been in an environment, you know, where it hasn't been safe for them mm -hmm. and they repressed or they had to, or they effort or they created this, I don't say this persona, but this expression to protect themselves. Yeah. And other women. And it's not usually just one thing. It's over and over and over and over. It's a pattern because it's built mm. into our system. Mm, it's a pattern. Yeah. I mean, my sister, uh, her name's Corinne, by the way. Uh, she even as like a freshman and sophomore in high school, like she was always super sensitive, super aware, super conscious to the different constructs that she was walking through as she were obviously were both Afro Latino and I moved through it in a fuck. I moved through it in a very masculine way. Let me find my strength. Let me take my anger out in a angry way in sports. And she more so developed awareness of the constructs that were at that, that are and developed an awareness of it. And she did, you know, there's anger in ways that she was able to express it, but it, she's a very strong advocate for diversity and inclusion. She's over at Kansas University. She's a program coordinator. And that's just been her channeled expression. Mm -hmm. um, in short, me and my sis, you know, we haven't spoken and been connected in about six years now, which is fucking nuts because she's turning 26 now, which is also freaking nuts. Um, but it's like as... This, this dropped in the other day on our portrait reflection. It's like, as I continue to repair my relationship and expression more so in a feminine way, I'm bridging a way to connect to my sister. And as I imagine, as she 
reconnects to her masculine in a new way and her feminine in a new way. She's bridging a relationship to me. And even though I can't, even though like I, I dreamed about her last night, I've been dreaming about her like the last few nights, which has been super interesting and I can vividly feel her and see her. I think it's interesting as that's the intuition. That's the feminine speaking to me, even though the masculine concrete three dimensional evidence isn't right next to me. Like she texts me or something. I trust that she's on the way and she's coming home. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot loaded in all of that for everybody. And like women of color have like so many other layers. Yeah. Layers. And so we just have to be, all of us need to give them as much like, um, safety as we can. I think that's the main and it is interesting. And when you were talking, I was just, my eyes were going cross-eyed earlier because <laughs> yeah. in a previous relationship, is interesting as I noticed myself like crying more and like frustration and like just, just shedding those tears and she would get pissed. So it's like we've switched energetic expressions, which is super interesting, which to me, I was like trying to figure and my masculine, but I'm like trying to figure out like, why was that? But is because I, she has no space probably to feel those feelings either. So she, you know, a lot of times people can't hold space for where you're at when they don't get that for themselves. And they had, they didn't have that. Yeah. She didn't. And even there'd be times of course, where she would just be like, she, you could start to see her like getting vigilant and bracing and starting to like try and like stab me with an emotional sword. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I'm on your team. Yeah. And just sit with her and just look at her and they'd be like, like just yeah. start crying because she was traumatized in past relationships and growing up, she had to be very defensive of herself Cause our culture also like it's our culture is hyper masculine. And so most females have had to learn how to become masculine in this culture to just survive. Yeah. And so, um, it can be really painful to like heal that and to like let some of that go. But, and men tend to externalize things, but women will internalize things. So like when we get really frustrated, a lot of times that's where like a lot of depression or like even like suicidal ideology comes in because we take that anger we're feeling that we we're not allowed to put anywhere and we just send it inside. And then it gets stored in the pelvic bowl and yeah, you know, the whole body, whole body. And that fuck. And that's what can metastasize is cancer. Yeah. And, and other, and other chronic diseases and sickness. Why do you because think just women are the ones that get migraines? 70% migraines. Most like autoimmune diseases are female. Cause all that energy is getting stuck inside and nobody's taught, like we're actually also very resilient and females are more um, empathic, meaning like we take a lot in and we're meant to, cause that's part of how we receive information. But we're also, we have just as much capacity to release it, but nobody teaches us like that energy cycle, but our periods kind of teach us cause every month we go through a shedding and a rebirth. Mm. But, and when I explain that to women, they kind of, they're like, Oh, right. Like they, we know this instinctively, but it's so like, it goes so deeply against our culture of doing, um, that it's, there's often a lot of pain, a lot of tears that can be difficult in some ways, but we are really, really resilient. And once we start to learn how to manage our own energy, everyone around us starts to shift and everything in our culture starts to shift. Everyone around us starts to shift. Mm. And I think what you're beginning to speak on is what's happening now and where we're, I think where we can shift as a culture and mm-hmm. creating more spaces for our women to express in all ways, shapes and forms. And honoring the feminine, which means honoring nature. It's like we're out of alignment with nature too. 
which is going to be our demise if we don't fix it. thousand percent. We're in the sixth. Currently, we're in the sixth yeah. uh, mass human extinction. And it's because we us. have no, we don't honor the feminine. Like we need to honor it. And nature, like the earth, mother earth, we don't honor that. How would you define honor? Um, that's an interesting question. Like, you know how, like, you hear a lot of Native American traditions that say to when you're anything you do, when you're moving through the world, you want to think about the seven generations before you and the seven generations after. That's like yes. honoring them. Yeah. Ooh, like, what are my mm. actions doing that's going to impact people into the future or the people around me? Or why am I not seeing nature as sacred? Like, this is where I came from. Mm. This is the only thing that keeps me alive, really. Um, mm. And so, like, t- treating things as more sacred. Mm. Um, honoring the way, like the way we just use plastic and we just take from the earth without even thinking about the repercussions of it or caring now that we know what the repercussions are, we still just take and like siphon out of the earth without any sense of sacredness or honor. Yeah. I wrote down honor is to, uh, it's taking into consideration Yeah, and, uh, to have reverence for, or to hold as sacred. And I love the book Ishmael Mm. because it talks about there's two humans, there's takers and leavers. Yeah. We used to be leavers and, you know, like Native Americans, they kill buffalo. They use every, everything, everything in the buffalo. They don't leave anything. I was just at breakfast the other day and there's so much fucking food thrown out. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so much food. And like, also not like torturing the animals they're killing to eat and use. They're like doing it with more honor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the way we, the way we process like even meat for our food is like torture for the animals and we just don't care. Yeah. So that's like a lack of honor. And then we, and then we eat it. Yeah. Sean Stevens said in uh sleep smarter. It's like, we aren't just what we eat. We are what we eat. Ate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What we, we are, what we eat, ate, and we're the emotional states that they were in. So yeah. if like you, you eat a cow, pig, chicken, whatever, that's cooped up in a pen, stressed as fuck. They have difference in their muscle and in their tone and in so many, and then you're eating that. That's why it's, that's why it's so profound to uh, have grass fed insert here, grass fed beef, because they're, I'll say happier a lot more um, for majority of their life. We treat them like sentient beings, like everything on the planet is. Yes. We're no, we're not high. We're not better. Like I think man and technology has celebrated as, being better than anything when it's actually, I mean, if you like want how to, much better are we really when we've like our technology has created a point where we're going to basically extinct ourselves. I think we're worse. <laughs> so I think that they're actually back doing to the better. hierarchy idea. It's not in nature. It's not part of nature to have hierarchy really. Like we think of the food chain even, but that's a construct that we, that's created. a construct. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a human construct. And we put ourselves at the top of the yeah. pinnacle, of course. So it's like, Oh, we could humble ourselves a little. Mm, mm, in the humility there'd be a recognition or an opening in a space of how we're coexisting and how we can directly and are already directly influencing yes the rest of the species on life and that's because we have so much access to them and we can interact with them but how do we want to interact with them moving forward and what feels good and delicious i read a book can't think of the name of it in this moment anyway Um, there was a a moment where they talked about, um, they, like there was a tribe, I think in Aboriginal Australia, and they were talking about how, um, they all needed food. So they're not, they didn't go out to like hunt food. They waited for like one of the animals to basically come 
to them. Like maybe, Mm. maybe it was like sick or maybe it was just like, it's kind of sacrificing itself. Mm. Um, and it was like a whole different, and I'll look it up so you can put it in the show notes. Cause that book is actually really good. Um, but it just kind of reminded me like we, yeah, we use animals and things to eat, but that doesn't mean we're above them or they're here necessarily for us. It's like, it's part of the symbiosis. Yes. And it's like, we, we've just like, we've just like taken what is natural and just like pulled it so far away from what nature intended. And like with so much cruelty that I just don't think that's, that's in our actual nature. Mm. I think that's what these systems that pulled us away from our wholeness has created, like back to like us being machines. We're just kind of like being little automatons walking through life, just kind of following the system without stopping and being like, wait a minute, is this what we like? None of us are happy inside these systems, Mm. Mm. but we have like power in numbers and we can totally stop it and shift it all. Mm -hmm. But I think it really does go back to the reverence of the state of being. Mm. And I really believe that we're meant to be in a state of being like 50% of the time Mm. and then doing 50, like it's supposed to be like half and half, not like, Oh, you get to rest. Like, once in a while. That's literally a, a principle I'm going to strive for, at least now. And it's like in the space where we're not working actively at the source, you know, like today, like today we're going to go to cryotherapy as a team, which is yeah. dope. And then I'm going to get a nice ass massage tomorrow. And then I'm probably going to go float tomorrow. So I can yeah. just recuperate. And well, it's one of the nice things about being a chiropractor. I think a lot of us choose this role. Cause I don't know any chiropractors that work like Monday through Friday, eight to, to six. That's true. And definitely not in a cubicle. That's how most people are living. Yeah. Like that's what I came from. That's so. And then I was able to go to school at night full time on top of that. So there was like absolutely no recuperation. So I actually needed to recover for a few years, yeah. like almost a whole decade before I wow. felt like I was in balance again. I mean, that's where I feel like I literally am at. Like I'm still catching up on sleep that I didn't get as I, <laughs> I averaged yeah. like five hours, five and a half hours while I was yeah. all in school. And that's not sustainable. No, and, and you can get away with some of it when you're young and you have a lot of, and you're male and you have a lot of testosterone, but over, like once you get closer to midlife where I'm now, it's like, it's, it's not as easy. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's, and it's, it's, it's depleting, you know, my life expectancy. There was a study done in doctors and they found that medical doctors um, were living 10 years less than the average human. And I was like, holy fuck. No way. No way. I'm trying to be in this motherfucker till I'm like 120. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Thriving still. Still no facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Yeah, and the, the trick is like learning to honor recuperation yeah. and like not judging yourself for being in a state of recuperation. And that creates sustainable energy flow. And the whole point of a lot of this book, Wild Creative, is about finding that internal fire inside of yourself and the thing that drives you from the center, not from the outside, but from the center of your being. And then you end up having this extra, like, then you, that's when you find your passion and passion can fuel you, but, um, and it can give you more sustainable energy over time Mm. when you learn to Mm. build in recuperation as part of it. Mm. This is good because we talked about chasing one's own personal legend. And when you have discovered that passion in the stillness, that's how you can have access to unlimited energy. Mm -hmm. And one question for you, I think is important is what would be some advice you'd give someone And if they historically, you know, come from a space of judging themselves in how not to judge themselves anymore. Start learning to value yourself for who you are and not what you're doing. So 
sometimes I give women an analogy of like a flower. You bring a flower, like if the, we had a bunch of flowers right here, we would it would bring beauty into the room. Um, we would all feel like a little bit softer and it gives you like, oh, and the flowers aren't doing anything. Mm. <laughs> we love little animals. They don't have to do anything, but we just, you know, we value them so much just for who they are and um, not because they're like getting me food every day or whatever. Um, so, and that can be hard. It seems it's one of those things that's simple, but not easy. The concept of valuing yourself for who you are. Um, But there's like, sometimes there's a freeze response around that. So you kind of got to de-thaw that part of yourself that only values yourself for like what you do. And it can take time. (laughs) I hear de-thaw and I hear, um, you know, flight, fight or freeze. Cause it's like, but you're like softening. Yeah. Grace. Like I am valuable just because I'm on this earth. Just because I'm here. And that's more than enough. Mm -hmm. Because when you're honoring yourself and you're valuing yourself for who you are, you're going to naturally still, you're not going to never do anything. Like, come on. Like a lot of women, especially, like I don't work with very many men, so I don't know if, how Good. males feel about this. But when I talk to women about that, especially the ones that are pretty hyper-masculine females, corporate executive types, stuff like that. They have so valued themselves for how, for like doing sacrificing so many like mom, especially working moms. Mm. They're always doing for everyone else. The mompreneur. Yeah. And like the boss bitches and like the boss ladies and all that. Like a lot there, everything's really externalized and they've like internalized the idea that they're only valuable for what they're doing for others. But there's a reason why on an airplane, they tell you to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Because if you're giving from an empty cup, you're going to crash at some point or you're going to become extremely resentful. Mm. And that causes a lot of problems. Um, so teaching them how to value themselves for just who they are can be such a foreign concept. And it can be kind of painful because they feel like, well, if I stop, then I'm never going to start again. And I just I promise when you value yourself for who you are, that's when you start to get that natural inspiration. And like, what am I passionate about? And that's the fuel that helps you sustain into the long term. Otherwise, why are you doing something that isn't giving you passion, especially in this environment where we know where we're headed? Damn. So like, why, why continue working for the machine and valuing ourselves as being a machine when we're human being beings? Um, and humans, when they're like in their center, are so amazing. So amazing. And like, it also makes people want to help take care of you, and it brings community together because mm. everyone's like in their own light, like in their own fire. They have space to take care. And of And they're other. like rooted themselves into the earth instead of through like the system. Yeah. Um, that's when that starts to soften. But you'll still want to do because you'll have natural inspiration, and that's yeah. when you can't stop doing. Sometimes, like that's like I'll rest for a really long time, and once I feel that that passion pull, then I can sometimes work on a project like nonstop for days and days and days and not even sleep. But then like, then there's an end and then the cycle happens again and you have to let yourself rest until you feel that natural flow again. And that's sustainable. Mm. 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 One thing I'm still chewing on is uh, the de-thawing. Of that flight fight or freeze yeah. kind of response. Because I also hear freeze. I also hear calloused. Yeah, because like it can harden. The boss bitches or yeah. the men that just fucking just do. They're, they're calloused. Yeah, they get hard. Yeah, in their hearts. 
yeah. and their expressions and how they show up in the world around their families emotionally, like depersonalization, mm-hmm. you are literally callousing yourself. And that's, yeah. an, that's the second uh, most common symptom with burnout. Yeah. So as you value yourself more who you be, it's, it's an antidote for burnout. It's the medicine. For, oh my fucking God. And we talked about shame. Tammy Kent has a TED talk about shame. And the antidote to shame is honor too. So like when you're feeling shame, that's like, I'm ashamed because I'm not doing enough. That's when you have to start practicing honoring yourself for who you are. Damn. Her TED talk is called the vagina whisperer. (laughs) It shall be included in the show notes. It's really, it's pretty good. It's very good. It's necessary. Yeah. I need to meet this woman. She's amazing. She has three sons. So it's interesting because she is, she's in a very feminine field. Obviously she wrote a book called wild feminine. Her second book is called mothering from your center. And that's more about energy medicine tools for mothers and for like healing the mother wound. Um, and her third book is wild creative, which is written more for also for males and females. And it's about your, how to use masculine feminine energy to like enhance your creative flow. Um, but it's, I've always loved working with her cause she also like, it's not, she's got three sons. So she's also very cognizant of males and what they need. And, um, like she's the only woman in her little family group. So, so her husband and three sons. Um, and yet she's got all this beautiful feminine work. I say she, this work was really tempered and she was able to recognize it in her three sons and mm-hmm. it validated or made it was a portal to more truth. Yeah. And it's balanced. It's really balanced. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, she had a hard time actually getting pub- her first book published because the feminist presses didn't like it because it was, it was about spirituality and like honoring the feminine, which a lot of feminists like it's tricky because yeah. <laughs> like before I said, I can understand why and the need for that kind of sacred rage and yeah. the need for a little bit of separation. But a lot of times they can become kind of masculine Ironically. So there's like a lack of, of like honoring of what the feminine is. So feminist presses did not like her book. Spiritual presses didn't like her book because she talked about anatomy. Like health didn't health presses didn't because we've concretized everything into these little categories. And yeah. her work really like and the feminine is something that kind of creates cohesion. I think of like the feminine as like connective tissue, connecting Ooh. things together, um, and it kind of surpasses all of these categories. Concretized. When I hear concretized, I hear reductionism. Like how some, yeah. some chiropractors can reduct, uh, see organs individually or the systems individually when they're all interconnected. Yeah. It's like concretized goes to like an energetic kind of concept. And feminine means so much bigger than just the individual expressions and what they can mean. Yeah. Spirituality means so much more than it's all because when you move into the second layer of it, it's the application of the word. It's not just the word itself. Right. Which is, I think, a level of mastery. And wordplay, because you're seeing how it all intersects. Yeah, I think I got the word concretizing from, because I've I've also read a lot of books that are either by like Jungian counselors like Carl Jung. Um, And I think I think that's his concept of like what would normally, especially spiritual concepts, we concretize. Like we we bring them from this place that's supposed to be more ethereal Mm. to like actual 3D reality. And that's where we miss a lot of magic. I think the particleization or thought to particleize and 
it's this. It, we put it in a box. Yes. And then it gets hard, like concrete. So it's no longer like flowy or like archetypal. It's more Open. like, yeah. This or, this or that. Yeah, binary, which doesn't exist in nature. <laughs> binary is a like computer language. Mm-hmm. Zeros and ones. Mm-hmm. Everything in computers is is started with zeros and ones. That's all p- computer languages. It's either a zero or a one, black or white. That's it. But that's mm-hmm. a computer thing. It's not a human thing. It's not a nature thing. Mm-hmm. So we truly are non-binary, all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We contain multitudes. Mm-hmm. I love that Alan Watts quote. Yeah, I am large. I, can, I contain multitudes. Yeah. <sighs> Well, I feel really complete with this conversation thus far. Uh, one question I have for you is, you know, what's really exciting for you? What are you most looking forward to? As I know you're opening up your own practice here mm-hmm. in Tucson, which is so important. Yeah. You, you know, you got a social media manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found a lot of really great support here in Tucson, which I appreciate. Not that I didn't have support in Portland too, but it's like a new expression. I feel like I'm going through a rebirth um, and I've gone through a few, so it's fun. I'm not afraid of the rebirth anymore. (laughs) The death part that comes before the rebirth is kind of scary, but I'm not scared of it anymore. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm opening my practice. I just got keys yesterday. I'm really grateful for the source and for Dr. Brett for being so supportive of me during a big transition in my life and um, creating spaces for me to like help y'all get really started and get the source going. And it's been a big pleasure for me to like help you in your first year. One of the things I was, one of the reasons why I was really drawn to Kairos in the first place was because I had such a horrible time in chiropractic school and right afterwards was probably one of the worst times of my life. <laughs> I didn't think that would make me emotional. I'm here for it. Thank you. Um, so it's really important to me to help other people not have to go through that. Um, so it's been um, really good for my soul to like support to support you. <laughs> oh. And it's been fun. So I feel like I got to go through like the beginning again. And I appreciate that a lot. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to make you cry too. I'm here for it. Yeah. Because, you know, like we should be helping each other. And a lot of our profession, and I know it's the same in like medical school too, they just like just put people through too much pain. When we're supposed to be helping people. Yes. Like we didn't, most of us didn't go into chiropractic school to be like, I want to become an asshole. <laughs> 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 I just want to make money and that's it. Like you could go into like insurance for that. Right. Um, most of us had something and the medical doctors too, like there was something deeper that drove us to this. Fuck. And so we should be like making it easy for us to help each other, help other people Um, so I've really appreciated what all of you have created in our profession to make it easier and more loving and more heart centered so that we can serve from a deeper place. Mm. It's the power of community. We help soften reality for one another and 
help reflect perspective at each other and we help pick it up. Like there's so many times where I'd be going into a habit of like, like like kick myself or uh, compare where I could be or just, just be frustrated. And you'd just be like, Oh yeah. Like one here's you're doing great. (laughs) You're doing great. Like the concept of the concept of you're doing great is so important because to genuinely and authentically reflect that to another being is just enough to be a, breath of fresh air, to open a window, to provide a cold glass of cucumber water with a little spritz of lime or lemon in there, coconut water. And it's refreshing for the soul. It's like, oh, fuck. (sighs) And we're not like we're I think humans are meant to be more tribal, more in community, not meant to be isolated in these little boxes Mm -hmm. Um, because we all have different skills that we bring to the table. And when we work together, it's just so much more powerful. And yes. like, why make the transition from school to being a doctor is like so hard. Like yes. the initiation happened through school. And why do we need painful initiations that are so painful that like don't really have an end? <laughs> right. Cause that's the way it's always been or yeah. you know, people examining like, in that capacity. We only, again, you only get gold stars for like how hard you have to work or how much you have to suffer. And I just think that is like that needs to be over. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. We don't, we don't have to suffer. No. I think part of the legacy that you have, you know, imparted to me and through KTC is, you know, I've already like sent my brother like 50 bucks or whatever, you know, Dr. F coming in. It's like, dog, I'm here to make this like, like receive you and make this nest and build this path and show you this path and remind you that you're fucking doing great Mm -hmm. in where you're at right now, just through how you're being, you already got here. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be harder. You don't need to judge yourself where you're at and all these things. Cause there's always going to be something outside of yourself. There's always going to be another goal. There's always going to be another vantage point. There's always going to be another checkpoint. There's always going to be another fucking mountain, but what's the fucking point if we're not taking time to really enjoy ourselves and, um, you know, soften ourselves and celebrate ourselves with where we're at, because we really are in a profession in a space and a mindset and a philosophy and an energy that I think more human beings will gain more life from and empowerment and inspiration from and how great they're already doing. Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So where may our listeners find you or dive deeper into your teachings, any offerings that you're doing or, you know, where you're at in Tucson? I have a, a podcast called Vital Vagina, and that's my Instagram handle, so you can find me there. I'm starting to post more, um, and I'm going to start my podcast soon again. So, nice. like, I have, like, 12 episodes from a few years ago, but I'm, like, I have a list now of people, and I'm getting Ooh. started on that again. Um, and I have a website, Danielle, just DanielleCornelius.com. People can find me there, too. Love it. DanielleCornelius.com. I'll put these in the show notes, Vital Vagina. I do work with people locally in Tucson. I've had people travel to come see me. I'm in Portland sometimes too, and I'm still licensed there. So um, I sometimes will see people in Portland when I go visit. Love it. And I'm also starting to do more coaching with women on the, online, like virtually. That's one of the beautiful things from COVID. I learned that a lot of what I do, probably the most of it is the energy work. Because mm-hmm. there's so much that women can do for themselves and they can source themselves so I'm starting to do a lot more teaching about how to like map your own pelvic floor and how to do some of your own self-healing and how to manage your energy in different ways. So I feel like I'm going to put more and more and more energy into that. Nice. So and people from anywhere can work with me. I love that. That expands for me, mentor. I like the idea of like, it was a, I am a life coach. No, it's, it's, we're, we're mentors yeah. and mentoring, you know, so for me, souls to be more in alignment with what's alive inside them and chase that fucking shit. Yeah. And, you know, what brings them alive and just go for it in life. Like that feels really good and delicious. And, 
you know, if you're interested in any mentorship or, you know, any of the, the beautiful creations that this woman has co-created and is creating, like, please reach out. We are going to do and collaborate, I imagine, for another workshop or a monthly workshop at the source. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. So uh, if y'all in Tucson, uh, really, really excited to just nourish y'all and um, really just unleash uh, Danielle to more of the world as I always say, I was like, everybody needs Dr. Danielle in their lives, <laughs> especially if you're a woman, because um, that shit is essential for the soul, for the energy and all things. So y'all, please follow her at, at Vital Vagina, tune into her podcast that's going to be taking off. She also has a book that she co-authored um, called Cycles of Wisdom. So mm-hmm. if you want to dive deeper into that as well, please do. Um, and I imagine keep an eye out for her on IG in Tucson for sure. But is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with today? Just love yourself. Like we're all going through so much. Just be patient with yourself. And um, I think if we all stop being so hard on ourselves, then the world will soft, like the whole world will soften. That's all. (laughs) Just that. Mic drop. (laughs) Okay, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning to another episode of Soul Coffee. If this resonated, please let's get this message out. I'm counting on y'all. And it feels really good to be able to just get into a flow with things and for me to be more creative as uh, I just want to give a shout out to the L offices here in Tucson for creating this new space for us. Uh, Director Alex Liu for the new visual as we're going to effort to get these whole video episodes on Spotify sooner than later. Probably put it to my YouTube channel as well so that way y'all can view it from there. And just really, really excited for the momentum that's going to be moving with Soul Coffee. So uh, if this resonated with you, share it with someone, download a few episodes, click through a few different episodes. Dr. Danielle has an episode in the past as downloads and five-star reviews, I've learned, are a better way to get some traction and really just get things out there. So I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Please ask any and all questions. And as always, y'all, stay loved, stay connected, and stay good and delicious. Until next time, peace. Yay!